Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right, a couple things before we get to the Chiefs' Super Bowl victory, 38-35 over the Philadelphia Eagles. We're with Tom Jones, who joins us, jumps right in here, Super Bowl night, man. Hey, let me come on. Absolutely glad to have him. Fantastic uh, uh, surprise for all of us. And then the second thing is, so really no one gave the Chiefs a chance? <laughs> what, what? I mean... I mean, they were in the they were in the Super Bowl three times in the last five years. It's not as if no one gave them. They were fourteen and three for God's sakes. No, according to Travis Kelsey, none y'all, none y'all gave us <laughs> a chance y'all. to be in this game and to win this game. And right. we're gonna, I think, by the end of this conversation, Rick, we're gonna have Andy Andy Reid's in the Hall of Fame. Patrick Mahomes is halfway to the Hall of Fame, and we're looking <laughs> at one of the of the modern day dynasty, perhaps yeah. in in the in the early stages of its creation. Yeah, right up there with Ming and uh, <laughs> the Niners and, and, and uh, all of that, the Bulls. Rick, I do yeah, have to co- correct one thing, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tom Jones joining a Super Bowl night, but it's ironic because it was five years ago that was the first podcast he didn't do with us. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Is that That's true? exactly right. Is that true? He, five years ago in Minnesota, I'm freezing my butt off, home of one Tom Jones for several years, by the That's way. That's true. And and it was uh, it was the first podcast sans Tom Jones with me and Steve Versnick five years ago tonight. So happy anniversary abandoning the two of us. Oh, wow. Welcome I back. didn't even realize. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't either until until Steve reminded me of it. It switched but, from uh, the Rick and Tom podcast to Sports Day Tampa Bay. There you go. Right. Well, it's a much better name. Sports Day. Tampa well, Bay. yeah, it is for now. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, let's, uh, let's get into this. First of all, so I get me and Tom are going back and forth and he, and the first thing he sends me is, Hey, Berman is a national treasure. <laughs> Talk about Chris Berman. As soon as I flipped over. So the game at by the game ended. And then it seemed like five minutes after the trophy presentation, Fox immediately dumped out. I'm look. I look up from my computer and Gordon Ramsay's on. I'm like, wait, what's Gordon Ramsay on? What? I thought it was a what commercial. I'm like, no, this is a show. So I I realized that they had gone to Fort yeah, FS1, you know, for their post game, yeah. and so I thought, I thought, okay, I'm going to go to ESPN anyway. And as soon as I turn it on, I I see Berman. Eh, uh, yeah, I think we can all agree, Andy Reid. Eh. And, and all it was just a bunch of is eh, Andy Reid. Eh. That's and it. I, I, and that's what I, I I messaged you, and I actually there was an expletive in my tweet. I, yeah, there was. Or in my direct message to my text to you. Blanking said, Berman is. Blanket yeah. Berman is a national treasure. And he is. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm and like, what did, said, he what did he say? What did he say? And I wrote back, and go, it's just Berman being Berman. I <laughs> I hope he does it forever. It's so good. It's With good Booger McFarland. It's all good, baby. That's good, baby. Booger McFarland uh, and Steve Young. And then Andy Reid comes up, and he's hugging Andy Reid. It was great. It was just yeah. phenomenal television. Yeah. And I can only imagine. Uh, better my homes and gardens. Uh, uh, take me on my homes, country roads. All that stuff. Whoop. And he's uh, nothing but hands, all hands all over. Eh. Oh, yeah. You know, was- Hail to the Chiefs, Andy Reid. <laughs> Read them and weep. Who says bye-bye, Eagles, bye. Um, listen, 
this this was uh, one of the more entertaining Super Bowls <laughs> that I didn't have to cover. Um, there's been a lot of close ones. I'm not sure this was an easy one to write, by the way. I always think about in terms of the beat writers, like, yeah, here we go. Last minute, last minute Super Bowl. Everybody's got different stories up and all of that. Um, but no one cares about that. But, um, no, I think they do because it does give a general sense, Rick, of how you think the game is going. Because if I was at that game and you were at this game, if you mm-hmm. looked at it at halftime, Rick, it was oh, going yeah. exactly the way we thought many people Absolutely. thought it would go. Yeah. That the Eagles were going to dominate this game. Yeah. Here's Mahomes hurt, and it, and I thought the second half would be, eh, Kansas City's gonna they might make a push, but it's not going to be enough. And the Eagles are the better team. That's it, and and so you're all you're kind of all in on the Eagles if you're writing this story. I mean, you're writing about Jalen Hurts, who you know was having a, a great game, and he, and he ended up with what uh, three touchdowns and and a two point conversion. But and this is the thing. There's a couple things, and we'll get into the you know the egregious holding penalty that everybody seems to be gripping about. Not so much me, but um, here's the thing. It, it's like, you know, Jalen Hurts made the biggest mistake of the game. He fumbled the ball, and it was a scoop and score for a touchdown. Now, I don't know a lot about analytics and things like that, but I have read or been told that when a team scores a defensive touchdown, they typically win about 78, 80% of the time. Well, and okay. throw on throw on a 65-yard punt return that was essentially there you go. a touchdown there you go. return, basically. Yeah, yeah. And those what do the analytics th- say about that? Yeah, right. Th- those are just enormous plays that uh, against uh, any team, right? Forget about like even regular season. You can't overcome if you get those two plays in a game that's not on offense, and then you, then you throw in the fact that oh, I'm sorry. When did they stop the Eagles in the second half? Oh, that would be never. Yeah, when did right? the Eagles stop the Chiefs in the second half? Yeah, right. That's what I meant. Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry, I got that backwards. But yeah, when did the Chief, When when did the Eagles stop the Chiefs? Not one time. Not even once. So. And, and I'm I'm perfectly fine with talking about the, the the holding call that everybody thinks is so egregious and they're gripping about. It did deny, you know, fans and and people that watch this game a, a potentially fantastic finish, right? Because no matter what the Chiefs had done, whether they scored a touchdown or kicked a field goal, had there been time on the clock, you would have seen Jalen Hurts trying to go back down the field and either tie it or win the game, and that would have been terrific theater, right? I mean, we all would have liked to have seen that. But I, I don't know, like, I, I don't know why I'm not as, I don't know, up in arms about it as obviously Chiefs fan or Eagles fan would be. But, I, but I've seen those calls called, maybe not in a Super Bowl, you like to swallow the whistles at some point. It's just that sometimes you have to call something when, it, you know, if you see it, you, you throw the flag. I mean, that, that's what you saw. I mean, that's what those guys are out there for. They're not trying to job people. And here comes all the conspir- conspiracy, you know, conspiracy theorists. Um, saying, ah, pff, there you go. It was fixed. They wanted Patrick Mahomes to be the new GOAT. They wanted Andy Reid to win his second. Like, <sighs> here we go, folks. I mean, yeah, how many I of these conspiracies are you playing to? I don't buy into any of that, but I will say this about that call, Rick. And let, let's, yeah, let's talk about it now. It was a call. A lot of people are saying you don't make that call in that situation as if, okay, it was holding, but it wasn't a bad enough holding that yeah. you don't go. My argument is I don't even think it was holding. Like, I wouldn't have called that in October. I didn't think there was enough there to make it a holding call. Now, I thought it maybe were the the way the official was where he was on the field, what he thought he saw, he did, whatever. But I looked at it and thought, that's not even holding. And mm. the problem that I have with it is almost from a Kansas City point of view is that, and I'm sure, look, Kansas City, they're happy they won. They don't care, and they're, they're not going to remember any of that. 
but there's almost it's, the victory's almost tainted a little bit. It's almost like Philadelphia fans forever are going to say we got screwed. And I don't know. That's not Kansas... like that's really not their nature, Tom. No, Philly fan is really not one to complain about much. And, um, and let's be honest: if this was going to happen, to any fan base. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> who do you want to see it happen to more? Sorry, Philly, but right. The, but when just I look... fill another beer cup with something other than beer and dump it on somebody's head next time you go to a game. You'll be fine. Uh, but here's the thing, Rick. I just I feel almost bad for Kansas City in a way that I don't. I hate to see their victory. At all, at all tainted because I think two things can be true at the same time. One, it was an awful call, and two, yeah. Kansas City deserved to win that game. I thought they yeah. were the better team. And when you talk about the differences in the two halves, Rick, you ask yourself, well, what happened? And I'll tell you what happened. I think Andy Reid happened. I think yeah. Andy Reid was masterful in his adjustments, yeah. and in the yep. second half, I thought they thoroughly outcoached the Eagles in the second half. Yeah, agreed, Steve. You had a you had an opinion about that. You thought it was an egregious call, right? Uh, yeah, I didn't think it was holding at all either. Uh, and, yeah. You know, maybe there was a slight jersey tug, but mm-hmm. that happens every play in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I mean, a holding should should impact the play. I mean, that's the whole point of holding. Yeah, right. I, I just I didn't think it was a call. I didn't think they should have called it in the first quarter, or as Tom said in October. Um, right. No, right. that's not why the that's not why the Eagles lost the game. Sure, it, it denied them a shot to come back. Mm-hmm. And, and go down the field, but it's not why they lost. I mean, as you said, the 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 fumble by Jalen Hurts. I mean, Kansas City that second half, no turnovers, mm-hmm. no penalties, no punts. They played a yeah. perfect second half. They Kansas did. City did, and the Eagles couldn't stop them. That that I, that defensive line for the Eagles was lost all game. Not one sack against a against a hobbled Patrick Mahomes. You know, mm-hmm, bad mm-hmm. ankle and all. Didn't yeah. get one. The Kansas sack City offensive line was phenomenal. In this game. And I'm with yeah. you on this, Rick, in that that uh, if Philadelphia had at least stopped the Chiefs once in the second half, maybe they could make an argument about, hey, you, yeah, you took the game out of our hands. But the right, fact right. of the matter is you couldn't stop them. And so you have a, any argument you have about being screwed by the ref sort of goes out. Well, their argument was well, they stopped him on that third down play sure, and forced him to a field goal. Yeah, that, sure. w- that would be their argument. We did stop That would be their right. argument, yeah. Yeah. And listen, I mean, the only – the reason I think he got the call, whether you liked it or not, the reason I think he got that call is because that was the intended receiver. If Mahomes doesn't throw the ball that direction, then maybe they don't think that you know him impeding him would have been a big deal. But the fact is that you know I thought the initial grab was the one that was the hold, not the second one. But holding's yeah. not um, supposed to be impacted by who the receiver was. I mean, that's the whole point. No, if, but if I it's, mean, it's the receiver that has pass interference. I mean, that's the whole well, point no, of it's holding. Hold, it's holding. But I, but I, but I think that the the fact is is that Mahomes made it clear that that was the guy he was intending to throw right. it to. Well, then throw that, a better ball though, because even without the hold, that thing's uncatchable. <laughs> I mean, well, but but yeah. I mean that's but I you know can't, holding doesn't have uncatchable by it because it's not supposed to be impacted by right. Where it's but it draws to. attention. It's because the ball was intended for him. I I think it drew attention to. He'd already thrown the flag. It didn't matter, right? But I but I just think it 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 to me. And I don't know that the guy would have, with what little impediment that he had there on, on the way to the end zone, I don't know. I think I, I'm with you. I don't think that ball was catchable in any way, shape, or form. Um, but I think the Chiefs sold it a little bit, you know. Um, and then they started crying a lot. So it was that. Well, I think uh, it was. It reminded me a little bit of a basketball play where, where they're not going to call the foul until the guy misses the shot. And then once he misses the shot, they're like, okay. He probably got yeah. fouled. And I think the same thing. Mahomes was immediately pointing. Now, of course, he's going to. 
But he immediately thought there was holding on or some sort of interference right. or holding on the call because they showed the replay on that. But mm-hmm. ultimately, Rick, look, I, I go back. I'm with you on this. The Eagles, I think, would have a better argument if they had played even a little bit of defense in the second half. Instead, the Chiefs just ran it up and down the field on the, the entire second half. Right. Yeah. And and so, you know, listen, I, a couple things from this game that I think they'll be talking about a lot on, on Monday as, as we do this podcast on Sunday night, uh, recorded at least, is Jalen Hurts is a baller, right? Absolute baller. I mean, the guy, when you consider where they drafted him and – you know, they had a quarterback already. They got him in the second round. I I interviewed Jerry Hurts. I was there at the Combine when he was coming out of Oklahoma after having – I mean, think about this guy. He, he's the starting quarterback. Um, I think he was, if not an All-American, he was, you know, one of the top players in the country at Alabama. And then at halftime in the national championship game, they bench him for Tua Tungvaloa, who wins the game. And all Jalen Hurts says, I knew – what he was going to do. I knew how great he was. I knew he was going to rip it. I'm so happy we won. Total class act. Transfers to Oklahoma because now Tua is the quarterback and plays really, really well there. Um, but he got past the entire first round, right? And, you know, then then the whole, you know, half the second round goes by. And just in, just in standing in front of this guy and talking to him at the combine, it was like, look, I don't know if you can play at the next level or not. My whole, this was my mindset, but I was like, I would draft you just to have you as a, on the team because your his perspective and and his confidence and and everything that he represented is something you need on any team. And so good on the Philadelphia Eagles, man, for taking this guy. And he's proven to be a better a better quarterback, I think, than than maybe even they thought, or they would have taken him much higher, obviously. So you know what he's done this year. Um, you know, best record in football. I mean. I think he lost one game in the games that he played in because he missed a couple with the That's shoulder right. injury. Uh, and so you're going to see him again. Like, he, he's going to be back on this stage. I don't know that it's going to be, you know, he, you know, there's so many good quarterbacks out there right now, young guys, especially in the AFC. Um, maybe he'll be the guy in the NFC that faces Mahomes time and time again. Um, but I was really impressed with the way he played up until, right. and, and you can't discount it, is, you know, he, he lost a fumble that was a scoop and score, and you can't, it's too hard against great teams when you get to the Super Bowl or the playoff level. Those type of mistakes usually tend to beat you, you know. And even though they had a what a fourteen point lead at halftime, I think it was. Um, you ten know, point. I think it, it was ten points. It was ten, ten point lead. Point. That's right. Ten point lead. I, I I think you know it still felt like a game to me. It didn't didn't feel like they were completely out of it. But you're right about Andy Reid, Tom. And and this is the thing. We're sitting here in Tampa Bay, where we just watched a season where the greatest quarterback in the history of the game. Couldn't score any points, right? Couldn't run the football at all, right? And what'd you see tonight? You saw a lot of space, right? You saw a lot of green grass out there. You saw guys running free. You saw a lot of motion, um, you know, a, a lot of different handoffs, you know, fake handoffs one way, handoff back the other way, guys running wide open. I mean, this is all play design. And Andy Reid, not the youngest coach in the NFL, right? But one of the most creative, a guy that's adapted to the rules, um, yeah, he's got now what what people will be saying today, the greatest co- active quarterback in the NFL in Patrick Mahomes. It's hard to argue that. But he's also been a guy that has changed his team. I mean, look who they lost. You know, Tyreek Hill goes to Miami. No problem. We'll find a new way to do it. I mean, I give I give Andy Reid a ton of credit now. And, and now he's got, you know, 
two Super Bowl victories, right? When he got to the the championship game all those times and won Super Bowl with the Eagles, totally changes what you think about Andy Reid. And I don't think he's done, not by a long shot. No, I agree with you on both. And I, I'll go back to Jalen Hurts as well because yeah. you talked about Jalen Hurts interview him at the Combine. I remember when he was here for the 2017 National Championship game when he was their starting quarterback. They played Clemson at Raymond James. Clemson won mm-hmm. with one second left. Deshaun Watson That's threw right. a touchdown pass with one second. I went into the Alabama locker room. I was doing the Alabama column mm-hmm. that night. And I went into the Alabama locker room probably an hour after the game. And Jalen Hurts was sitting there with four or five reporters, including me, and could not have been classier, more gracious, more humble, just not a jerk at all. And he just had this devastating loss in the national mm-hmm. and couldn't and I looked at him, I go, this guy, there's something special about this guy because yep. he was he was definitely upset about the loss, but he was he was just so like so poised about it. And I thought, this guy is special. I don't know if he's going to be a good NFL player or not, but I like mm-hmm. his leadership. I like the way he's handled himself here. And then when it comes to Andy Reid, Rick, you're, I'm with you. Multiple championships now, multiple Super Bowls, after a pretty impressive career just with Philadelphia. But now he goes to Kansas City, um, made a very difficult decision at some point to go from Alex Smith to Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback. Now, as you mentioned pretty good case i think and no one would really argue with you patrick mahomes i think patrick mahomes is the best player in football right now and and now uh he i'm with you he's still both andy reed and patrick mahomes have a lot of years left in him now somebody i I was an old buddy of mine put on twitter tonight that jalen hurts and patrick mahomes will be back here a bunch i go yeah that's what dan marino said too there you go you never know what's going to happen next but boy if i had to bet on it I think both of these guys will be back, and I think Patrick Mahomes has a chance. He's never going to catch Brady. Don't I don't think that'll ever happen. But he's, no, he's got a chance to win a couple more. I think he's twenty seven, and and had he beaten Brady in his opportunity that he had, you know, back in Super Bowl fifty five, this would be a whole different conversation. He'd be sitting here with three, mm-hmm. right? He'd be half almost halfway home because Brady would have six. Um, that kind of swung it, probably permanently in Brady's favor. Now Brady played till he was forty five. Let, let's agree that maybe Mahomes isn't going to make it because the guy runs around and he gets hurt a lot. Um, but but he still manages to be there for his team. But he's got two, and he's only 27 years old, which is pretty remarkable, you know. And I think he's going to be back in this game a while. Um, but, yeah, but what Hurts, what Hurts has done and what the Eagles did, and I would encourage any team to do this, is keep drafting quarterbacks, man. Like, you never know, right? Brock Purdy shows up Mr. Irrelevant for the 49ers, and until – Kyle Shanahan got him blasted in the NFC Championship game. They may have been in the Super Bowl. But you took a guy in the seventh round, and he turned out to be pretty damn good because your scheme was good, and you could plug and play him. They had Carson Wentz when they took Jalen Hurts. Nobody was thinking about getting rid of Carson Wentz at that time. I mean, maybe the Eagles were at some point. But um, but they drafted Jalen, and, and he's been everything that they uh, could have possibly hoped for, and they adapted the offense around him. It's been great. So – I give them a lot of credit, and I, I think they're going to be back in this game. But um, Mahomes now, I think, is he, he's that guy, right? He, he's, he's the GOAT now, right? Because if you think about it, he's won two MVPs and now two Super Bowls. There's only three other quarterbacks to have ever done that. Okay, so right? I'm, I'm going to go get up on you all of a sudden here, Ricky. Yes, Please. get up. Where does Patrick Mahomes, right this minute, fit on the all-time list? Um, okay, all-time list. I would say, for me, he is no worse than fifth. Wow. Okay. 
And and and, and I think it go. I think you got to go. Okay, I'll, I'll just tell you there are three guys that have won two MVPs and two Super Bowls. Tom Brady would be the number one, uh, to my thinking. Two season MVPs, two regular season MVPs. Two, two regular season MVPs, not and Super two, Bowl MVPs. Yeah, right. Two regular season MVPs and two Super Bowl victories. Right. Okay, so there's Tom Brady, who's the GOAT, uh, with seven Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. Um, the next guy on that list is Joe Montana, who has yep. four mm-hmm. and has two uh, league MVPs as well. The next guy, and you're going to disagree with me here, I know, because I know how you feel about him, <laughs> is Peyton Manning. No, I, I'm with, I, look, yeah, Peyton Manning. And Peyton Manning got that second Super Bowl to make you convert to him a little bit. I did, even though he that, had nothing to do with that second Super Bowl. Exactly. He was a complete passenger. <laughs> right. He was 3 of 13 on third down. But that doesn't matter because he won the game. Right. He beat Carolina. So he's got his two Super Bowls and, his, and at least two league MVPs. And then, and then after that, Eh, eh, eh. I mean, really, you can kind of you can argue a lot of people, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I would ar- at that point, I would argue El- John Elway would probably. I think be Elway. That's who I had. Yeah, and then I think guy. then I got Mahomes right after John. I mean, and and look, there, that leaves out Marino, right? That leaves what? out Roethlisberger. That leaves out Troy a Aikman lot of guys. Leaves out. I mean, Troy guys who've won yeah. multiple Super Bowls, or leaves out. Terry Bradshaw, mm-hmm. even going back way. Yes. Now, you can go old school. I'm a big, like, I never really saw him in this prime, but everything my dad and people in my dad's generation tells me that Johnny Unitas, they would put him up against. A lot of people believe that, yes. Know, anybody. But uh, the Super Bowl Bart era. Star, let's just, you know. Let's, yeah, let's keep it at their autogram if you want to go back <laughs> back in those <laughs> days. Right. Y.A. Tittle. No, <laughs> but if you put it in the uh, in the Super Bowl era, which well, yeah. you and I, I think, have seen Many of the guys yeah. in the Super Bowl. I'm with you on that. Those are my top four would be Brady, Montana, uh, mm-hmm. Peyton Manning, and then uh, Elway. John Elway. And, and then Mahomes. I think, yeah, I think at that point, even at age 27 with only two Super Bowls compared right. to some other guys, I, I think, yeah, I'd put Mahomes right there. What's crazy about it is is that he if he does not play another down, he's a, he's a Hall of Fame player. Absolutely. You know, and that that's just what we think about quarterbacks. You know, um, we judge them on Super Bowl. And it's not entirely fair. Because Dan Marino is as good a quarterback as I've ever seen. Sure. Um, and and if others, it's just about Super Bowls, I mean, no one's going to legitimately argue Trent that Dilfer, Trent Dilfer right? is better than yeah. Dan Marino. Brad Johnson. Or Brad right? Johnson is better than Dan Marino, right. Yeah. But, but, I mean, yeah, when you when, – I mean, I would certainly – Jim Plunkett has to. Right. Right. However, I think it matters how you get there, and I think it matters the role that those guys play. Because on some of those teams, obviously, they were defensive-led or they were, you know – that it was an anomaly for them to to be in the game in the first place, um, but Patrick Mahomes is going to be back. He's already been to three, and like I said, had he had he beaten Tom Brady and they had no offensive line, he ran all over the place. Um, then maybe be a chance to run him down. He'd be halfway home. Oh, Rick, He'd be they, halfway they home they at age twenty seven. Sides away in an AFC off, Championship yeah. game from getting to another one that that's he might true. have won. I mean, that's true. It's and that just goes. I think go, partly goes to show you how tough it is to win a championship in any sport. I oh, mean, it yeah. literally came down to we would be having a, an entirely different conversation if Mahomes had beaten the Bucks, and if that that AFC Championship game had gone to the Chiefs instead of the uh, of the Patriots that year. Mm-hmm. The offsides wiped out an interception. I mean, we yeah. we can now be talking about five to four when it comes to right. You know, that's right. So. That's right. And, 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 you know, you look back at Brady's Super Bowls, he had some go for and against him, right? In Arizona, the helmet catch by David Tyree, that game's over, right? It's a fourth down play. It looks like Eli Manning sacked, right? Right. Um, then you go the other way and you say, well, Seattle was on the one-yard line and they threw the ball and it was intercepted by Malcolm Jenkins, 
or not Malcolm Jenkins. I got the wrong name. Malcolm, but, uh, Malcolm Butler. Yeah. yeah. Then you have a game against Seattle where he throws a ball on the one-yard line. It's intercepted by Malcolm Butler, who becomes the MVP. And then Brady goes nuts because he never thought they were going to win that game. And no, neither did I. Talk about deadline. Um, but, you know, so, so Brady is on both sides of that equation where he had some weird things go against him. He had games won. And he had some weird things go against him when he won it. Um, so, you know, the numbers could be skewed in a lot of different ways. But, yeah, Mahomes – would have been halfway home if uh, eh, halfway Mahomes uh, to catching Brady had he um, had he won those games. So um, there's another thing that <clears throat> here's the other thing that dawned on me when I was watching this game. Tom is two years ago. No, I'm sorry, scratch that. Last year, last year, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat the Eagles and Jalen Hurts. In the NFC wildcard game. Great. Two years ago, they beat Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl. How far have they fallen from those two years to where they're, to where they're at now? Uh, obviously, with Brady retired, a long way. But, I mean, that, that just goes to show you, like, they've been, you know, these other two teams have been man- managed, and they have younger quarterbacks, and I get all that, but they've managed to stay relevant and rebuild Right and continue to build with with younger quarterbacks, but also the team around them. They've done a really good job to get to this game, and I think both these teams. I mean, you never know year to year; everything's different, right? It's hard to get back up here. And you're right; we could, you know, Dan Marino looked like he was going to go every year, and he went once. But those two teams stayed relevant, and the Bucks did not. Right, they did not, and I big drop off. Right, it's a big drop. And there's a lot of reasons for that. But when sure I watch these two teams play, though, Rick, and you and I have talked about this, and and I think the quarterback play is everything in this league. And I think it yes, gets to a point absolutely. now, you don't, you don't need to run maybe as much as these two guys, Mahomes and Hurts, run. But you yeah. need a quarterback who twice a game can right. get you out of a third and eight by running for a first absolutely. time. Absolutely. And we saw it tonight that Patrick Mahomes, he, what, two or three times, Yep, ran for first down. Especially on the last drive, which was the mm-hmm. key play of that drive. It was. He ran out of trouble on that bad ankle, picked up. That's right. He ran about 20-some yards, I want to say, on that play. Right. You need, I think you need that in today's game. Again, you don't have to have a guy like that runs like Josh Allen who's going to rush right. for 800 yards in a season. Yeah, you're running power with the guy, but right. yeah. Right, 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 yeah, where, you're gonna have, where he's going to run the ball you know, 12 times a game. But mm-hmm. you need somebody who can run the ball – for a first time when you need it. Or get out Absolutely. of trouble when he has Absolutely. to get out of trouble. Absolutely. And I think that's a big difference, too. And, again, I'm not blaming it. Look, my options this past year, it wasn't like I could either have Tom Brady or Jalen Hurts. That wasn't in the, <laughs> I didn't have that option. It was no. it was Tom Brady or who knows who. Blaine Gabbard or Kyle Trask. That's Apparently, what it came down yeah. to. Yeah. So, uh, so I, I get it. but um, And it's always so depressing, I think, Rick, in no matter what sport – when you watch when you when you think of your team who's not in the Super Bowl, and then you watch the teams that do compete in the Super Bowl, and you feel like you're a million miles away. From Never going to get there. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. like, there's like two other teams in the NFL right now who feel like oh we could hang with those teams. We could play. Yeah, we could play. Like Cincinnati probably looks like oh, okay. San Francisco. San with Francisco. The quarterback. If they had a quarterback, yeah. Cincinnati. Right. You know, Buffalo probably mm-hmm. feels like it. Yeah, but everybody sure. else. I mean, if you're the Cleveland Browns, you're like. Oh my gosh, we're never going to get there. <laughs> are you kidding me? Right. The Pittsburgh Steelers, like, oh, are you kidding me? We're going to, yeah, they have it. Like, I, I got it. They think they could, people are like, oh, Kenny Pickett, he can play. 
Yeah, yeah. really? Like Mahomes? Really? Because yeah. I got news for you. It's, yeah. They're so much better than everybody. Well, and, and you're right. It starts with the quarterback, and those teams you mentioned have a chance to get there because they have Josh Allen or because they have, you know, great quarterbacks. But, um, you know, there's also there's also some deals that are made. I mean, first of all, Kansas City has rebuilt their offensive line, and they went against what was not arguably but definitely the best defensive line in football. I'm watching Patrick Mahomes in the highlights just running all over Philadelphia. They didn't even come close to sacking him, Rick. It didn't feel like didn't touch him. No, when he ran out of there, he ran out for big yards. But the other thing is, they also made some deals. Like Kadarius Tony ends up with two of the biggest plays in the game, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, has a touchdown reception, has the punt return. Well, they picked him up from the Giants before the deadline. Here's a fir- former first round draft pick, right? And all of a sudden, you know, he's going nuts. Um, their running back is a seventh round pick out of Rutgers. Like, you know. This is what good organizations do, right? Good organizations find these guys, add to them. And I was thinking about that. Like, Tony, you know, I mean, you lost Cheetah. You lost, you know, some of your your, um, go-to guys in those other Kansas City teams. And yet, what did the Bucs do the year they won the Super Bowl? And, And he's crazy as a loon. We all know this now. But Antonio Brown completely changed the team around for the Buccaneers. Yeah. Eight games into the season, they bring in a guy who at that time was motivated, right, had, had been suspended for eight weeks, could absolutely still play, quick twitch, something they didn't have, take the top off of defense, create space for everybody else underneath, right, just because of the threat of him running deep. And he completely changed that team. You know, they, they were 7-5 and five, uh, shortly after he got there, and then they won eight in a row. And he made huge plays, you know, in the playoffs and, and, and even before that. So... um you know, that's the kind of move, and I'm not saying go find yourself another Antonio Brown, for gosh sakes, but those are the kinds of moves that great teams do to get them over the top. And, you know, and the Bucks are kind of in a place now where they're not able to do that because they have no money for free agency, and they're restarting over with a new quarterback. They don't know who their quarterback's going to be. They don't have any money for the guy. So it's it's hard to stay up there unless you have – those generational guys that are young enough that you know you're going to have them every year. And even then, when you pay them, when you pay a Patrick Mahomes, this is the other trick. You know, Patrick Mahomes is making $40 million a year. So it's difficult, right, to build around that because you start losing free agents like uh, Tyree Kill right. because you can't pay everybody. Right. Yeah, we saw what happened with Green Bay, too, and they yeah. just can't keep guys – I want to ask you about two other things, Super uh, mm-hmm. Super Bowl related, but kind of NFL related. First yeah, off, yeah. Super Bowl related, Travis Kelsey. Can somebody please explain to me how a guy who like <laughs> no. doesn't look like he runs any pattern necessarily? No, he, he just, just goes. He and just turns goes around. out. It's you never remember when you were a kid and you played like pickup football and you always had one guy who wanted to run plays. And then everybody, I was always the guy like, let's just go out. Just go out and get open. What do you mean? When I was a kid, we did this all the time when we were at the Times <laughs> for true. years and years. It's turkey, turkey bowl, man. But we, some guy, you go out, go out 10 feet, make it right. And then we just have the guys like, just go out. Just go out and get just open. Just go. Everybody get open. That was my favorite play. Everybody <laughs> well, get Travis open. Kel- that's what they tell Travis Kelsey. He doesn't have any plays. It does Just go down there about 15 yards and turn around, and I'll throw it to mm-hmm. you. And there'll be nobody around you. Trust me. And stunningly, nobody. no one's ever there. I don't get it. I don't understand. The other question I have, Rick... And I don't know if there's a, a an answer to this, but it frustrates me more than anything. I'm watching these games, Rick, and he's frame by frame breakdowns of whether it's a catch or not. Oh. And we saw three of them tonight. And I think they got them all right, 
I think. But see, I, I didn't. I, that, I, we would, and that's the thing is that we don't <laughs> know. Like, go, I, would, yeah. I would have debated one of them where I thought he double caught the ball. I forget who the receiver was. Oh, that was, was on the sideline. Yeah. I'll, I, the fumble one, whether it was a fumble or not, the Kansas City took back for a touchdown. They end up rolling yeah. an incomplete pass. I think that was the right call. Um, right. And then there was one down the sidelines, a big gainer for right. Philly that they ended up turning that away, which I thought was a catch all along. I know it brushed up against ground. Rick, what – now, somebody – tweeted me back because I said this is ruining the the viewing experience for me when because mm-hmm. you could go through every one if it's if it's taken us seven different camera angles and three minutes <laughs> and 20 minutes and frame by frame <laughs> and even Mike Pereira comes on it's like eh, I'm not sure Adam, thanks Mike we're paying you about three million dollars a year for that analysis right. like you're not sure if that what are we doing if that's what if that's how this is going to go but but somebody tweeted me back and said, "Okay, well, what's your solution?" And sadly, I don't, unfortunately, don't have one, Rick. Like, I don't know what. No, you the do answer, have one. Well, my my ultimate answer is let's get rid of replay. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that would be. But uh, I think the problem with that, Rick, is you don't want a hundred million people seeing that somebody dropped the ball and the one guy in the world who didn't think he dropped it is making right. the call. Technology That's is so problem. good today, but I mean, Rick, this. Do you find this to be at all frustrating for the as a fan? I do. I, I don't want to see these frame-by-frame breaks down. It seems like common sense should take over. Like, okay, that's a catch. Let's not look for every angle to, to see if it was not a catch, you know? Right, exactly. If most people can agree he caught the ball, then it should be considered a catch. But you're right. The problem is is that unless the, unless the TV um, networks decide, we're not showing any replays, right? Like, we're just going to go with the call, and we're not going to replay anything. Um, otherwise, you're going to have, like, literal fights break out on the field people go after officials when they miss can you imagine a guy missing a call that is so obvious like a bad call that cost a team a game or a playoff game or something like that he may not get out of the stadium alive right right? Right. and that's the problem is that you're right the technology and it's that way by the way in baseball too like i never thought replay in baseball was was meant to see if a guy's shoelace was still touching the bag exactly you know after he was safe and then Oh no no! It looks like it looks like he clipped his nails this morning, and one of the fingernails came off just for a second. That that ne- to me never was you know supposed to be the Zapruder like you know analysis yeah, of, of, of these plays. Yeah, it's breaking the spirit of the rule, the spirit of the yeah. game. I think, yeah, yeah, and and I agree with you. But but how do you put? You can't put that genie back in the bottle. In other words, the technology and the pixels in our TVs. You know, back in the day when Dad was saying, "Hey, change the channel because you didn't have a remote." Right, and you were the you were the remote, you were the channel changer, and and the yeah. and the TV was so bl- furry, was so bl- you know fuzzy that it wouldn't have mattered if they had replay because no one could have seen the pixels anyway. But now these damn things, you know, I got a seventy five inch screen here, Tom, and and I I can see every little hair on Andy Reid's head, unfortunately, and there's not many of them left. And but his mustache, but, he's got a plenty, yeah. That's right. Well, Count remember years ago that remember there was a famous, I think it was like the nineteen. 19- 79 AFC championship game in the Steelers and the, and the old Houston Oilers and Mike Renfro, whether he was in bonds or not, they called him out of bonds. We didn't know until NFL films came out like three days later. That it was, <laughs> right. that, I'm not lying about that. I know. It's like three days later where they were like, oh no, you know what? He is two feet. were in bonds. Why did well, I still think like, you know, the great replays you see of old, old times is like, and Lynn Swan makes his diving cat. I'm thinking, I don't even know if that was a catch anymore. I don't oh, think they I would know. have counted that for some reason. I think it, I think the ball touched the ground. There maybe was a, and... there was a Super Bowl where somebody, I think a Dallas player, and you go mm-hmm. back and look at it. He definitely dropped it, but they called yeah. it. Well, yeah, Butch Butch Johnson, I think, was the receiver. 
And I don't. I, they need to figure out something, Rick. Is but I don't know what else they can do. And Steve, Steve, you brought up a point a minute ago uh, before we we uh, started this plot. It's like okay, well, if we if we decide that that we're going to call it for incomplete passes or or catches or not, well, maybe how about the holding calls? We got to call it then. Well, if the goal of yeah. replay is to get it right, then everything needs to be reviewable. Mm-hmm. I mean, if that's your goal, right. which is what the, every league says, well, we want to make sure we get the call right. Well, then why isn't everything reviewable? Which would slow the game down and make it unwatchable, which is why they should just get rid of replay. But they won't. And, Steve, uh, you have breaking news for us, too, right? On your, I got some, as, too, as, as well. As we're taping if this it's not, If it's not the same, I got the I same I think it's news. the same. Y'all let yeah, one of you guys so. Go ahead, Steve. Out. What, on Bradbury? Yes. <laughs> yeah, he admitted yes. it was holding, and he was hoping he'd get away with it. He was the defensive back. He said, I tugged the jersey. Play, yeah. Thank you. I think he's wrong. I think Bradbury. You're I won wrong. the argument. No, we. He held the guy. No, what? he's no, wrong that he held he's the guy wrong. when he's the one you're that wrong. held the guy. He, he misremembered. No, man, you didn't. These hold are alternative. The guy. Facts. You didn't rob that supermarket. Sure, you stuck the gun in the guy's head and you took the cash. But these I don't think you really robbed. These are alternative facts. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> this was that was not. First holding. of all, James Bradbury, I just want you to know that you will never play for the Philadelphia Eagles That's after this game. No, because you know, all of Philadelphia now, you've just ruined their entire argument for the eternity, and you are not allowed back in the city of Philadelphia. You know how they say, like, oh, he'll never have to buy another beer in town again. I got news <laughs> oh, for you. You're God. buying beer for everybody. Oh, man. Just the opposite. That? Can you imagine that? Hey, hey, are you that Bradbury? <laughs> you know, it's like, you really think you held him, huh? Well, guess what? You didn't, <laughs> and then you said you did, and now I hate you worse than the Chiefs. There's nothing yeah. worse than being able to complain about a call and then having somebody from your team go, no, that was... They, no, they, I did it. They yeah, I right did it. <laughs> oh, God. Ah, that's awful. So that's, what, that's uh, a, what about so what yes. about the rest of the... Two, okay, two things. Burkhart and Olsen, they, uh, they had to call. I thought they were okay. Not great, but not bad. I thought the... I thought Fox's coverage was okay. I thought they were a little late on a couple of replays. The holding, two plays went, or a play went by before we got the whole holding Yeah, call. I thought they were late on that. A I thought they were late, late on that. that. I know they don't want to miss play. a play, and you never want to yeah. be in a replay while the next play is going on. I thought they were a little late on that. Um, but I thought Olsen was really strong where like at the end of that game where he's like, I wouldn't have made that call. Yeah, so, he was good. He was like, I know I'm getting a ton of bad you know, email from Kansas City. I don't care. Like, or tweets or whatever he goes. I'm just telling you, that's not. You can't make that call in that situation. You I thought those guys. Were, I thought. I thought they had a good game. I, I won't think it was off the charts. Great. I didn't I think Olsen's yeah. analysis for a lot of the game was great. I thought it I'm was, with you. I, I I thought it was lacking a lot of analysis throughout the game. You know I thought the, the end he was strong, but you know what the impression I got, Steve, with that was I think sometimes, um, and and I know this to be a fact. I, I mm-hmm. think sometimes like the the people in charge. Tell their analysts like sometimes less is better. Like don't if you're going to err one way or the other, it's with don't say it. Don't right. go over the top. Like don't right. And I think that's some of the like criticism Romo's gotten this year. It's like calm down, Tony. You're 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 going too crazy. No, I agree. I, but I so I, I, just, I but I, I think Olsen took it a little too far with his. I think he was a little too silent. Like times. I think there was times he's like talking about well the offensive line's doing a great job, but he doesn't show you anything or tell you what. It was just they're yeah. doing a great job, but it's like. You know, you you need that context to it. Okay, you're telling me they're doing a great job, but you're not telling me why or showing me why. And I just thought it lacked throughout the broadcast today. I was yeah, I, I was he very got disappointed in the second in that half, part of the but I thought the first mm-hmm. half was a little yeah, I could have yep. used a little. There were there were some moments, and not that I mind some quiet sometimes, but there were some moments where it's like, hey, somebody jump in here and tell me something. Mm-hmm. Like, 
that 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 big play just happened or what's going to happen next like i i need to know or maybe um, it's me but like i i usually typically yell out something many seconds before greg olson or somebody else mm-hmm. does but like one of the things that was a big story that i didn't think they played up enough they finally got to it was how bad was this field by the oh way oh my gosh oh. I mean, and, and this is not a surprise. Like, for those of you who don't know about Arizona and what they do at that ridiculous, whatever it's called now, State Farm Arena or whatever the hell it is today, Phoenix Stadium, I don't know. But, you know, <laughs> eh, the big toaster out in Glendale, Arizona. <laughs> They're standing on a corner at Glendale, Arizona. So, Such a fine sight to see. <laughs> that's right. That's right. There's a field, my Lord. I'm slipping all over the place. So th- what they do is they, they had this great idea. We're gonna, here's what we're going to do. We're going to build a dome but we're going to have grass. Like, well, you can't grow grass inside. No, 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 no. There'll be a roof, and it'll be open at times. Well, you still can't really. No, no, no. Wait a minute. We're going to have a tray, you know, kind of like an oven tray. You're gonna, you slide the grass out. It's real grass on a tray, and it sits outside, and it gets water and air and light, and then you slide it back in for game day. It'll be great. It's amazing technology. It really is. Well, but, except that it doesn't work. Except it doesn't like, work. Like, Arizona has, has historic... Well, it, it, you, it doesn't work in Arizona because they do this in Europe in some of the soccer fields. But, but it doesn't work in Arizona. Yeah. I promise you it doesn't. That's what I'm saying. And yeah. I don't know. I'm not, like, a meteorologist. Like, I can't figure this out because there's no humidity. There's too much humidity. Whatever. But I'm telling you, and I watched the game there earlier this year that the Bucks played and somehow won um, because the NFL is rigged that way. But... Um, <laughs> But I'm telling you, like, talk about guys falling and sliding all over the field. This is, it's been like this every year out there. And I don't know if it's like, so they, they have it out in, in the sun and whatever, and then they slide it back in. And, like, I don't know if it never dries. Like, in Germany, I could figure it out because, like, where that stadium is in Germany is literally a fog pit. Like, every day of the year, there is fog. There is humidity. There is a cloud right over the stadium like they i was talking to people in germany in english because they think god my german's no good but they were telling me like oh yeah this place like and it must be different for for football or soccer football as they call it over there or soccer because i don't know it doesn't matter if those guys slip or whatever but i'm telling you they no one could get any footing over there and i've seen just as many slips this year in 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 arizona in glendale when the bucks played there as i saw and probably more tonight because what do they do during Super Bowls? They paint the field. I was yes. going to say right? half the field There's was more... painted, which didn't help. Yeah, <laughs> and that doesn't help. But I'm telling you, you can change all the cleats you want to. This was embarrassing to me. I right? was convinced that somebody was going to miss an extra point or a field goal. Right? When he kicked, yeah, what... yeah, the game-winning field goal. I said to my wife, I go, he may fall down. Guy's going to slip, yeah. yeah. Or could you imagine if a, if a guy was wide open for a t- going for a touchdown right. and just wiped out on the field? And yeah, just blew a wheel. Been the worst thing ever. Yeah. So, you know, fix that, right? Fix that. And then going back to officiating, and you're right, Steve, it's like if the idea is to get it right, and Gruden used to say this all the time, you know, he it used to drive him nuts. He he hated replay. And whether it went for or against him, because, he's you know, his whole thing was like, so you're telling me that if, there's, if Simeon Rice is coming off the edge and gets tackled before he gets to the quarterback, but the guy throws a touchdown pass – we're okay with that. That's fine. When it's clearly a holding call they missed, how does that not change the game? You know? 
So there's a lot of plays, but you can't. You obviously can't call. You, you can't replay everything. The, the games would last nine hours long. Right. Well, again, then that goes back to well, you give teams certain number of challenges or whatever. But I right. Um, yep, what'd you guys think of the halftime show? Rihanna. Well, my neighbors hated it, but that's another <laughs> subject. Um, <laughs> I thought it was great. It's just the neighborhood great. I live in. I thought she was amazing. And here, here's the other thing, and um, not for nothing, but like, were you a little nervous that she was going to fall on that? And talk, maybe, but going back to what Steve had said to us before we went on the podcast, well, maybe. They were afraid she's gonna. Maybe it was Tom. I don't know who said this. Maybe no, it was she's Steve. Afraid. It was Steve. It was Steve. Let's Steve. Let's Steve. Yeah, go let ahead Steve and say, say what it. you said because this is a great hey. line. It's true. She's safer a hundred feet above the field than on the turf. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's exactly right. Everybody was falling, and for God's sakes, we she's pregnant, right? Are we? We're not. This is not a stretch, right? She obviously is clearly. Well, we pregnant. we had to wait for it to be confirmed. <laughs> somebody somebody tweeted out like, "Hey, here's the here's the first rule of everything." Never say somebody's pregnant unless you know she's pregnant. <laughs> That's so true. I'm that is her sure, rule. I'm pretty sure the her reps came official. out and said she is pregnant. Yes. Okay. That's good. a good rule. But I, I mean, I, that one shot that they had of her standing on that platform, it must have been 100 feet above the field. Oh my god! At least More than. yeah. I don't know. I don't know. No, maybe I think not. So. Maybe not. Maybe not 100. That's 10 stories. That's pretty high. But um, it was um, when they pulled back, and you're like, oh my gosh, is. Like, is there anything holding her there? I mean, what if she gets Just dizzy? Cables. I, I would be, I'd be laying on the, I'd be laying on that thing, <laughs> dude. There's no way I'm standing in heels on it. I can promise you no. that. Much less with, I don't know. And I've never been pregnant, but my wife has been. Doesn't exactly give you the most, you know, ballast that you need, right? Like, in other words, you're kind of compensating for this, this extra, you know, poundage in in and your it's just, I mean, area. it's got to be freaky to be that high up. And, and she's looking dancing, out, and you're looking. It's it. Yeah, you're you know, looking straight out into screen. an audience. I mean, you're you're actually that high, looking at people. You know, at eighty thousand people from that. that was insane. I thought was amazing. That alone puts it in my top five Super Bowl. Performances oh yeah, of all yeah. Time. And she's terrific. I mean, her her singing is yeah, next great. level, and, and I love all her songs. And I thought it was really really good, but apparently, apparently it did go over well with some folks. I don't know why. Um, but you know, bonus points for doing this in your condition, right? Like, oh. like that can't be an easy thing on, on a great day, much less dancing and, and doing it at an elevation that I'm with you, Tom. I'd have been on my knees, man. I've been oh, holding it on to been, something. Yeah, no, I, I'd have been on the ground. Yeah, for sure. Heights, heights. Um, but it was a good super, I mean, you know, entertaining, high scoring, like you look up and it's, uh, what, 35 all or something like that. And you're going, wow, this is, uh. This is a pretty entertaining game right here. It was so very entertaining, and it was one, Rick, that at halftime I didn't have much hope for. I thought, ah, I think the Eagles are going to pull this thing away in the second half. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, and then at the, now at the end, like I said, it would have been fun to watch Jalen Hurts try to bring them back down at least to try to tie it with a, you know, with a minute yeah. 15 and one timeout left or whatever mm-hmm. what they would have had. Um, but, um, but, yeah, no, fun, better than the old days that it showed Doug Williams uh, before the game. And I thought it was, uh, I thought it was great, but I also remember that Super Bowl and how bad it was. You know, so I'm glad we're out of those. Oh, it was a we're, blowout. Yeah, we're back into the like Super Bowls, or at least seem to be entertaining these days. By the way, too, I don't know if you caught it. I know a lot of Tampa Bay fans did. Mm-hmm. You know, before the game, Dak Wilson, uh, Dak, Dak Wilson, Dak, Dak Prescott, Prescott got booed. Um, 
by Eagles oh, fans, fans for winning Man yeah. of the Year. And then they were they were they introduced the Hall of Famers. You could barely hear it. And Rondé Barber got booed. And I'm like, why is Rondé getting booed? And I'm like, oh yeah, I know. Well, why. two reasons. <laughs> There's actually two reasons. One obviously is the one that comes to mind is the fact that he you know buried their one of their best teams ever with a 92 yard. Interception return. On what, Rick, I still maintain is the greatest play in Tampa Bay sports history. No doubt. No doubt it is. Um, I absolutely agree with that. And and if you go back and watch that game or look at his numbers in that game, maybe, and and this can be this can be checked, but maybe one of the greatest single performances by a defensive player in championship history. Like, the dude did everything. He had a sack. He had an interception. He had a fumble recovery. He had a um, – I think he had a punt return. Like, he, he pretty much – did everything. He, he filled up the stat sheet and, of course, the biggest play of the game, the 92-yard interception return. There was another thing he did, if you watched him when they started booing him. He pointed to his back, okay? And he used to do that all the time. And it was, it's not just Rondé they hate in Philly. It's Tiki. The mm. Giants and the Eagles are enormous rivals. And sure. if you remember early in, in Rondé's career, Tiki Barber was the star of that of those twins, right? He, he was the guy that hit the splat. I mean, he goes to New York, right, which gets all the attention, and it's the Big Apple, and it affected both their lives where they were drafted, as it turned out. Um, and, you know, he immediately becomes a great running back uh, in a town that never sleeps, and so he's getting immense attention. He went to the first Super Bowl of the Barber twins because the Giants – um, they got blasted by the Ravens in Tampa, but that Tiki Barber was in that game. And so when Rondé would play against a team, especially from the NFC East, and he would do something like like a touchdown or you know a, an interception, he would always point to his back, which said Barber, right? Reminding mm-hmm. people that, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm that guy you hate. Where I'm part of that, that, you know, me and my brother were those guys. And, and he did it when they started booing him. He pointed to his back with that's his That's great. It was awesome. And not many people would know what that meant, but that's what it meant. It was like, yeah, Eagle fan, take this. We're the barbers. <laughs> it's awesome. It was awesome. I was I was happy he got in. I, I you know, obviously there was like the worst kept secret in the world that that he had gotten in because now they do this thing where Derek Brooks went to his door two weeks earlier at his home in Oldsmar and you know, they're gonna have a whole T V show about, you know, the knock or whatever. Um which is great. And, um, yeah, so four, four Hall of Famers. I guess they're the Pittsburgh Steelers now. Tom, we need uh, one no, more? Ted, calm down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. But you know what? It's, it's still curtain. I, I was surprised uh, that a team – and I'm not saying those guys don't deserve to be in. I think they all do. Um, but I'm surprised that a team that only won one Super Bowl got four defensive players in. Mm-hmm. And you can make yeah. an argument that another one, you know, Simeon Rice is – borderline hall of famer oh he has so. the numbers he definitely has the numbers his numbers are better in some ways than michael strahan's the thing of it is what's even more surprising than the fact that pittsburgh only has or only but pittsburgh has five and they won four super bowls um and maybe it's only because they won one each but how about the 85 bears have three how about right. the, the 2000 ravens have two yeah that's what's surprising well, and, to two, me. They, and the ravens have two and one of those guys really didn't even spend much of his career. I mean, he always spent. That's right. Rod Woodson, most of his career was with the Steelers, although he had some pretty big years with Baltimore, too, for sure. But, That's right. Um, well, no, the Ravens have Lewis and Ed Reed. Oh, those Ed Reed, two. yeah. Yeah, those and are the two. Yeah. But was Ed Reed, was, and I don't know this as I asked you this question, I think he was. Was he, was he yeah, Ed, Ed Reed and, and Ray Lewis, are, the, are they the two on, 
on the Ravens team, or is there three? Because was Ed Reed there in 2000? Would he have been there in 2000? Uh, that's a good question. Let me look it I'm up. not sure he was, but I'd have to look that up. By the I way, could, I, I watched that 30 for 30 with the, the bullies, uh, Baltimore bullies or whatever. That was, that was one of the worst 30 for 30s, I thought. Was it really? Yeah. I, now, somebody's going to say, oh, you're from Pittsburgh. You hate the Ravens. Okay, first off, yes, that's true. But second <laughs> off, I just didn't think it was very good. I thought, and then I thought Trent Dilfer came off looking like a dope when he was saying, was like. Is he talking about the, today's quarterbacks? Today's quarterback. You know, uh, they, you know I don't know. It just, he just came off looking like, like, made it sound like quarterback in the old days was so much harder. And I don't Let's not get into it. It's all really that. hard I'm, when you don't complete fifty percent of your passes. Well, that's I can what I'm tell saying. you that. And so I don't. I, don't know, like I just thought. And I think what Dilfer was trying to do was compliment his teammates and his and the defense, which was a great defense. There's no doubt about it. But I also thought eh, you came off kind of looking like, yeah. kind of, like I said, like look kind of, kind of like a dope. Reed wasn't on that 2000. He was. Uh, he go. came out a couple of years later. So yeah, that was yeah. my mistake See? on that. Yeah, so two. Well, it's not. I mean, it's common mistake. Idea. I had to look it up. I mean, I think there were there were two from the actual two thousand team. The thing about the Bucks getting four is that, and and yeah, it was the O two team that had four. But going back even years before that, um, really they they started to get great around ninety seven, right when they they made the playoffs and they lost in Green Bay. Um, but then, and that was Ronnie's first year. But then in ninety nine, Tom, I thought that was a better defense. That defense held the greatest show on turf, right? Which is still considered maybe the greatest offense of all time. Um, Kurt Warner, um, Marshall Falk, all those guys, right? That game is six to five with four minutes and forty four seconds to go in an NFC Championship game that the Bucks would have absolutely gone to the Super Bowl. Um, and then you know, Ricky Prohl catches the touchdown pass. And then they have, you know, the, the Bert Emanuel rule, right, where it began the whole, we don't know what a catch is now. We're going to define right. what a catch is. And they went to replay when there really wasn't replay for that play. <laughs> they used it anyway. It was the most bizarre thing in the world. Um, but I would say that that defense was sawing people in half. And, and they, you know, they proved it on the field. It was, it was because they couldn't score, and they lost two of their offensive linemen, including Paul Gruber, before that game that they lost the game because, you know, Sean King had come in for Dilfer, won five straight, and, and just couldn't score enough points in the championship. But think about that. You held the greatest show on turf to five points until the last four minutes right. of the game. That's You know, it's interesting. I look back at those great Steeler teams, too, and, and the one year that they, you know, they went to, you know, they won four and six years. One of the years they yeah. didn't win, I thought was their greatest defense of all time. They start off that year one and four. Listen to these scores. I just love to tell this all the time. Mm -hmm. These are the scores after they started the season one and four, and they, they won the rest of their games. They, they, had, they finished the season. They didn't lose a, another game. No, okay. they, on a nine-game winning streak. And here, here are the scores of those games. 23-6, 27-0, 23-0, 45-nothing, 14-3, <laughs> 32-16, oh 7-3, 42-0, 21-0. They had one, How many two, three, shutouts four, is that? One, two, three, four, <laughs> five shutouts, and two other games they gave up a field goal. That's so stupid. So only man. one of their last uh, nine games that they even gave up a touchdown in one of those games. So Ugh. unbelievable. But anyway, uh, unbelievable that, that – that this team has four, and I deservedly so. I I always was surprised that Lynch got in. Quite frankly, Rick. Well, he was tough. He was tough. He was in there seven years, I think, six or seven years. And and well, the reason why Barber took so long, and he was eligible, I don't know, two thousand eight, I want to say, or maybe he retired in two thousand. I can't remember. Um, 
he was in. He was a finalist the last three years and finally got in. The problem was Lynch. They got had to get Lynch out of the way, you know. And yeah. Lynch kept getting enough votes to be a finalist year after year after year. But if you looked at John's numbers, he didn't have the stats right. Like he didn't have the interceptions. He didn't have the signature play. Um, he was a member of an all-decade team, but Rondé checked every box, right? Like every single box. He was all-decade. He had a signature play uh, with the interception in Philadelphia. He had a unique, um, possessed a unique kind of stat where he had more than 40 uh, interceptions and more than 25 sacks, right? Um, he, he kind of revolutionized that nickel corner position in a way that nobody was able to do so, playing the run and blitzing the quarterback and all of that. So he was an easier sell, much easier sell to that to that group than John was. And I think John had to get out of the way before you could get Rondé in there. The uh, If you don't count Simeon Rice, let's say Simeon doesn't get in. Right. And uh, and we don't count Brady because Brady's mm-hmm. he's a patriot, not a not a buck. Oh, shut your mouth. <laughs> who is there anybody <laughs> who would be the next Bucks guy that might have a crack? Mike Evans. Mike Evans. Mike is, Evans. Mm-hmm. Like Levante David, probably not right. Well, Levante is is gonna Levante has Hall of Fame numbers. In fact, if he keeps playing, he's gonna probably eclipse or come close to what Derek Brooks's tackle record is, and you know all kinds of fumble recoveries and turnovers and things like that. Um, it's no fault of his own, except the Bucks were so bad. Remember, this guy didn't make the playoffs until Tom Brady showed up. Right. Right. So most of his career was spent in total anonymity. I mean, nobody saw them. They're playing at one o'clock to a small part of the of the country every week. Um, and then they had sort of a like a glitch in the uh, Pro Bowl voting was such that for a long time he was considered a linebacker, right? just linebacker. Well, so was DeMarcus Ware, right? So was Vaughn Miller. And guys that were really edge rushers, you know, Jason Pierre-Paul, like those guys were listed as linebackers in a 3-4 or whatever, but they weren't linebackers. They weren't like the guys standing in the middle of the field, you know, the whole game. And so he wouldn't have the sack numbers, and consequently the fans would vote, the player or the coaches or whatever players would vote, and he'd be left off Pro Bowls. So without multiple Pro Bowls and not being an all-decade player and being on all those losing teams, he never really got the credit. You know, So I, I, think, he, he, I think he is worthy uh, in terms of his play on the field if you look at just what he produced when he was playing. But again, it's it's – sort of like you're not discovered until you start winning and then when he started winning when Brady got here he was at the end of his career wasn't the same player hasn't been but still very very good um but it's not the hall of very good and I, I don't think he'll ever get there I think I think of you know again he'll be in the ring of honor and, and he'll have lots of of uh praise for that and and but nationally uh when it comes to that room right where you're talking about voters that didn't get to see him play much and it's like, you know, we saw him on one Super Bowl team in the last three years with Brady. He was in the playoffs, and he didn't play that well one year against the Rams when they lost because he had a, a Liz Frank injury. He was about 60%. So for those reasons, I, I don't think he'll get in. Are there other guys? I mean, on Mike that Evans, team? the thing about Evans is going to be, I mean, there's so many receivers, Rick. And the, there way are. Today's, the way today's game is, with, I mean, it's, so, it's such a stat driven um yeah, uh, position that I look up now, and there, there's guys that have Everybody's like 80, 90 numbers, catches. Yeah. I'm like, that guy had 90 catches this year? Like, yeah. It's just a million of those guys. That's but. true, and I, I think you know he'll have to play a few more years, but the one thing he has that no one else has is a unique record in 100-and-something years of the NFL, which is he has had 1,000 yards. Now, 1,000 yards isn't what it used to be, right? There's 17 games, 
You're averaging less than 60 yards a game. I get all that. But even so, to to, to be that consistent and have over 1,000 yards a season for, for now going on this nine straight seasons going into his 10th year, it's pretty impressive. And the fact that he is a Super Bowl champion, he has made multiple Pro Bowls. Um, I think most people would call him, call him a top 10 receiver in the league, maybe top five or six. Um, so I think he has a shot at it. I think he'll be that guy. It won't be first ballot. It won't be. But then again, we don't know the rest of the story. What if he plays another four or five years and does it, right? Um, it used to be that the the mark was before it became a passing league and you couldn't touch a receiver. If you got 10,000 yards in this league as a receiver, probably going in the Hall of Fame, right? Right, right. Um, but nowadays, that's not what it used to be. And he's over 10,000, but how much further can he go? Hey, before we get out of here, I want to remind you guys how to save money on your electric bill. It's May Electric Solar. They're a family-owned and operated business. They've been installing solar electric systems for 12 years now. There's a lot of these companies out there, but May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty, plus with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That is the main difference. Now, if you visit the Hudson Showroom, May Electric displays all its products. They conduct on-site testing. You know exactly what they're going to install. And they don't use subcontractors. So all those guys up on the roof, those are Billy Mays guys, and they're doing the job. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts, May Electric Solar. Here's the number, 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate, lower your electric bill all year long, preserve your appliances as well. That's May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. to break the the home winning streak up three to one yeah yeah that was that was not a good loss um and then i went to the colorado game and i that Mm -hmm. was they played really well in that game Mm -hmm. and then they went to dallas and beat a really good dallas team on the road so yeah yeah, i'm with you rick um i i i sometimes think that the lightning it does feel often like they can flip a switch they that they know that these games they matter but you're not going to see them really crank it up uh, unless they have to. And and when they have to, they seem like they can respond. Um, and as long as they got Vasilevsky in goal, are you kidding? Like, that's it. Yeah, I that's think it. That, that. So I, I'm with you as long as they don't get hurt. And really, as long as Vasilevsky stays healthy and as long as Victor right. Hedman stays healthy, they can even afford to, to miss a couple guys up front here and there. Uh, not yeah. for an extended period of time. You don't want to see Brain Point go down for a month or anything. But Right. Well, um, that would have made a difference in the Colorado series a year ago, for <laughs> no sure. No kidding. So uh, I'm like you. I I, I think Boston's the best team in the East. Uh, the Rangers have really come on. I like the way Carolina plays. Uh, I still think Toronto could be trouble. 
But yeah. But um, I'll put the lighting up against anybody in the East, including Boston. Yeah. Well, what a treat. Tom Jones joining the show, calling in, wanted, wanted to talk a little Super Bowl, man. And uh, it was a good one. We appreciate you doing that as always. Tommy, you're welcome anytime, buddy. Thanks, man. Talk to you guys and soon. Happy anniversary for leaving us. I appreciate that as well. <laughs> I didn't even know, man. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks. Always a treat, man. Hey, this week uh, we might get more news on the Bucks' offensive coordinator situation. Of course, some teams will be getting to hire head coaches in Arizona and the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Dan Pitcher remaining in Cincinnati as their quarterback's coach, so we got lots going on with that. We'll update you as well. Check it out on Tampa Bay Times and the Tampa Bay Dot com And if you want to send in your mailbag questions, we'll be doing that as always this week. You can do that by sending them to us on Twitter at SportsDayTV. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. Again, my thanks to Tom Jones for Steve Burstick. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.